section twenty of jurisprudence this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen jurisprudence by john selmond chapter fourteen possession continued part one section one hundred one immediate and mediate possession one person may possess a thing for and on account of someone else in such a case the latter is in possession by the agency of him who so holds the thing on his behalf the possession thus held by one man through another may be termed mediate while that which is acquired or retained directly or personally may be distinguished as immediate or direct if i go myself to purchase a book i acquire direct possession of it but if i send my servant to buy it for me i acquire mediate possession of it through him until he has brought it to me when my possession becomes immediate of mediate possession there are three kinds the first is that which i acquire through an agent or servant that is to say through some one who holds solely on my account and claims no interest of his own in such a case i undoubtedly acquire or retain possession as for example when i allow my servant to use my tools in his work or when i send him to buy or borrow a chattel for me or when i deposit goods with a warehouse man who holds them on my account or when i send my boots to a shoemaker to be repaired in all such cases though the immediate possession is in the servant warehouse man or artisan the immediate possession is in me for the immediate possession is held on my account and my animus nominee is therefore sufficiently realized in the facts the second kind of mediate possession is that in which the direct possession is in one who holds both on my account and on his own but who recognizes my superior right to obtain from him the direct possession whenever i choose to demand it that is to say it is the case of a borrower hire or tenant at will i do not lose possession of a thing because i have lent it to someone who acknowledges my title to it and is prepared to return it to me on demand and who in the meantime holds it and looks after it on my behalf there is no difference in this respect between entrusting a thing to a servant or agent and entrusting it to a borrower through the one as well as through the other i retain as regards all other persons a due security for the use and enjoyment of my property i myself possess whatever is possessed for me on those terms by another there is yet a third form of mediate possession respecting which more doubt may exist but which must be recognized by sound theory as true possession it is the case in which the immediate possession is in a person who claims it for himself until some time has elapsed or some condition has been fulfilled but who acknowledges the title of another for whom he holds the thing and to whom he is prepared to deliver it when his own temporary claim has come to an end as for example when i lend a chattel to another for a fixed time or deliver it as a pledge to be returned on the payment of a debt even in such a case i retain possession of the thing so far as third persons are concerned the animus and the corpus are both present the animus for i have not ceased subject to the temporary right of another person to claim the exclusive use of the thing for myself the corpus inasmuch as through the instrumentality of the bailee or pledgee who is keeping the thing safe for me 
i am effectually excluding all other persons from it and have thereby attained a sufficient security for its enjoyment in respect of the effective realization of the animus domini there seems to be no essential difference between entrusting a thing to an agent entrusting it to a bailee at will and entrusting it to a bailee for a fixed term or to a creditor by way of pledge in all these cases i get the benefit of the immediate possession of another person who subject to his own claim if any holds and guards the thing on my account if i send a book to be bound can my continued possession of it depend on whether the binder has or has not a lien over it for the price of the work done by him if i lend a book to a friend can my possession of it depend on whether he is to return it on demand or may keep it till to-morrow such distinctions are irrelevant and in any alternative my possession as against third persons is unaffected a test of the existence of a true mediate possession in all the foregoing cases is to be found in the operation of the law of prescription a title by prescription is based on long and continuous possession but he who desires to acquire ownership in this way need not retain the immediate possession of the thing he may let his land to a tenant for a term of years and his possession will remain unaffected and prescription will continue to run in his favor if he desires to acquire a right of way by prescription his tenant's use of it is equivalent to his own for all the purposes of the law of prescription mediate possession in all its forms is as good as immediate in hague versus west it is said by lindley l j the vestry by their tenants occupied and enjoyed the lanes as land belonging to the parish the parish have in our opinion gained a title to these parish lanes by the statute of limitations the vestry have by their tenants occupied and enjoyed the lanes for more than a century in the case of chattels a further test of the legal recognition of mediate possession in all its forms is to be found in the law as to delivery by atonement in elmore v stone a bought a horse from b a livery stable keeper and at the same time agreed that it should remain at livery with b it was held that by this agreement the horse had been effectually delivered by b to a though it had remained continuously in the physical custody of b that is to say a had acquired mediate possession through the direct possession which b held on his behalf the case of marvin versus wallace goes still further a bought a horse from b and without any change in the immediate possession lent it to the seller to keep and use as a bailey for a month it was held that the horse had been effectually delivered by b to a this was mediate possession of the third kind being acquired and retained through a bailey for a fixed term crompton j referring to elmore versus stone says in the one case we have a bailment of a description different from the original possession here we have a loan but in each case the possession of the bailee is the possession of the bailer it would be dangerous to distinguish between such cases in all cases of mediate possession two persons are in possession of the same thing at the same time every mediate possessor stands in relation to a direct possessor through whom he holds if i deposit goods with an agent he is in possession of them as well as i he possesses for me and i possess through him a similar duplicate possession exists in the case of master and servant landlord and tenant bailer and bailee pledger and pledgee 
in all such cases however there is an important distinction to be noticed mediate possession exists as against third persons only and not as against the immediate possessor immediate possession on the other hand is valid as against all the world including the mediate possessor himself thus if i deposit goods with a warehouse man i retain possession as against all other persons because as against them i have left the benefit of the warehouse man's custody but as between the warehouse man and myself he is in possession and not i for as against him i have in no way realized my animus positendi nor in any way obtained a security of use and enjoyment so in the case of a pledge the debtor continues to possess quod the world at large but as between debtor and creditor possession is in the latter the debtor's possession is mediate and relative the creditor's is immediate and absolute so also with landlord and tenant bailer and bailee master and servant principal and agent and all other cases of mediate possession here also we may find a test in the operation of prescription as between landlord and tenant prescription if it runs at all will run in favor of the tenant but at the same time it may run in favor of the landlord as against the true owner of the property let us suppose for example that possession for twenty years will in all cases give a good title to land and that a takes wrongful possession of land from x holds it for ten years and then allows b to have the gratuitous use of it as tenant at will in ten years more a will have a good title as against x for as against him a has been continuously in possession but in yet another ten years b the tenant will have a good title as against his landlord a for as between these two the possession has been for twenty years in b to put the matter in a general form prescription runs in favor of the immediate against the immediate possessor but in favor of the mediate possessor as against third persons section one hundred two concurrent possession it was a maxim of the civil law that two persons could not be in possession of the same thing at the same time Plurs endem rem in solidum possidere non possunt as a general proposition this is true for exclusiveness is of the essence of possession two adverse claims of exclusive use cannot both be effectually realized at the same time claims however which are not adverse and which are not therefore mutually destructive admit of concurrent realization hence there are several possible cases of duplicate possession one mediate and immediate possession coexist in respect of the same thing as already explained two two or more persons may possess the same thing in common just as they may own it in common this is called compossessio by the civilians three corporal and incorporal possession may coexist in respect of the same material object just as corporal and incorporal ownership may thus a may possess the land while b possesses a right of way over it for it is not necessary as we have already seen that a's claim of exclusive use should be absolute it is sufficient that it is general section one hundred three the acquisition of possession possession is acquired whenever the two elements of corpus and animus come into coexistence and it is lost so soon as either of them disappears the modes of acquisition are two in number 
namely taking and delivery taking is the acquisition of possession without the consent of the previous possessor the thing taken may or may not have been already in the possession of someone else and in either case the taking of it may be either rightful or wrongful delivery on the other hand is the acquisition of possession with the consent and cooperation of the previous possessor it is of two kinds distinguished by english lawyers as actual and constructive actual delivery is the transfer of immediate possession it is such a physical dealing with the thing as transfers it from the hands of one person to those of another it is of two kinds according as the mediate possession is or is not retained by the transfer or the delivery of a chattel by way of sale is an example of delivery without any reservation of mediate possession the delivery of a chattel by way of loan or deposit is an instance of the reservation of mediate possession on the transfer of immediate constructive delivery on the other hand is all which is not actual and it is of three kinds the first is that which the roman lawyers termed traditio brevi manu but which has no recognized name in the language of english law it consists in the surrender of the mediate possession of a thing to him who is already in immediate possession of it if for example i lend a book to some one and afterwards while he still retains it i agree with him to sell it to him or to make him a present of it i can effectually deliver it to him in fulfilment of this sale or gift by telling him that he may keep it it is not necessary for him to go through the form of handing it back to me and receiving it a second time from my hands for he has already the immediate possession of it and all that is needed for a delivery under the sale or gift is the destruction of the animus through which mediate possession is still retained by me the second form of constructive delivery is that which the commentators on the civil law have termed constituum possessorium that is to say an agreement touching possession this is the converse of traditio brevi manu it is the transfer of mediate possession while the immediate possession remains in the transfer or anything may be effectually delivered by means of an agreement that the possessor of it shall for the future hold it no longer on his own account but on account of some one else no physical dealing with the thing is requisite because by the mere agreement mediate possession is acquired by the transferee through the immediate possession retained by the transferor and held on the other's behalf therefore if i buy goods from a warehouseman they are delivered to me so soon as he has agreed with me that he will hold them as a warehouseman on my account the position is then exactly the same as if i had first taken actual delivery of them and then brought them back to the warehouse and deposited them there for safe custody the third form of constructive delivery is that which is known to english lawyers as atonement this is the transfer of mediate possession while the immediate possession remains outstanding in some third person the mediate possessor of a thing may deliver it by procuring the immediate possessor to agree with the transferee to hold it for the future on his account instead of on account of the transferor thus if i have goods in the warehouse of a and sell them to b i have effectually delivered them to b so soon as a has agreed with b to hold them for him 
and no longer for me neither in this nor in any other case of constructive delivery is any physical dealing with the thing required the change in the animus of the persons concerned being adequate in itself section one hundred four possession not essentially the physical power of exclusion according to a widely accepted theory the essence of corporal possession is to be found in the physical power of exclusion the corpus possessionis it is said is of two kinds according as it relates to the commencement or to the continuance of possession the corpus required at the commencement is the present or actual physical power of using the thing oneself and of excluding all other persons from the use of it the corpus required for the retention of a possession once acquired may on the other hand consist merely in the ability to reproduce this power at will thus i acquire possession of a horse if i take him by the bridle or ride upon him or otherwise have him in my immediate personal presence so that i can prevent all other persons from interfering with him but no such immediate physical relation is necessary to retain the possession so acquired i can put the horse in my stable or let him run in a field so long as i can go to him when i wish and reproduce at will the original relation of physical power my possession has not ceased to this view of the matter however the following objections may be made one even at the commencement a possessor need have no physical power of excluding other persons what physical power of preventing trespass does a man acquire by making an entry upon an estate which may be some square miles in extent is it not clear that he may have full possession of land that is absolutely unfenced and unprotected lying open to every trespasser there is nothing to prevent even a child from acquiring effective possession as against strong men nor is possession impossible on the part of him who lies in his bed at the point of death if i stretch a net in the sea do i not acquire the possession of the fish caught in it so soon as they are caught yet every other fisherman that passes by has more power of excluding me than i have of excluding him so if i set traps in the forest i possess the animals which i catch in them though there is neither physical presence nor physical power if in my absence a vendor deposits a load of stone or timber on my land do i not forthwith acquire possession of it yet i have no more physical power over it than any one else has i may be a hundred miles from my farm without having left any one in charge of it but i acquire possession of the increase of my sheep and cattle in all such cases the assumption of physical power to exclude alien interference is no better than a fiction the true test is not the physical power of preventing interference but the improbability of any interference from whatever source this improbability arises possession is the security of enjoyment and there are other means of attaining this security than personal presence or power it is true that in time of war the possession of a place must be obtained and defended by cannon and bayonets but in the peaceful intercourse of fellow-citizens under the rule of law possession can be acquired and retained on much easier terms and in much simpler fashion the chances of hostile interference are determined by other considerations than that of the amount of physical force at the disposal of the claimant we have to take account of the customs and opinions of the community the spirit of legality and of respect for rightful claims and the habit of acquiescence in established facts 
we have to consider the nature of the uses of which the thing admits the nature of the precautions which are possibly or usually taken in respect of it the opinion of the community as to the rightfulness of the claim seeking to realize itself the extent of lawless violence that is common in the society the opportunities for interference and the temptations to it and lastly but not exclusively the physical power of the possessor to defend himself against aggression if having regard to these circumstances and to such as these it appears that the animus possidendi has so prospered as to have acquired a reasonable security for its due fulfilment there is true possession and if not not two in the second place it is by no means clear how it is possible for possession at its commencement and possession in its continuance to be made up of different elements how can it be that possession at its inception involves actual physical power of exclusion while in its continuance it involves merely the power of reproducing this primary relationship possession is a continuing de facto relation between a person and a thing surely therefore it must from beginning to end have the same essential nature what is that nature savigny's theory affords no answer it tells us at the most how possession begins and how it ceases but we wish to know what it essentially and continuously is three thirdly and lastly the theory which we are considering is inapplicable to the possession of incorporal things even if it successfully explained the possession of land it would afford no explanation of the possession of a right of way or other servitude here there is neither exclusion nor the power of exclusion it is on the contrary the possessor of the servient land who has the physical power of excluding the possessor of the servitude if i possess an easement of light what power have i to prevent its infringement by the building operations of my neighbor it is true that this is not a conclusive objection to savigny's analysis for it remains perfectly open to him to rejoin that possession in its proper sense is limited to the possession of corporal things and that its extension to incorporal things is merely analogical and metaphorical the fact remains however that this extension has taken place and other things being equal a definition of possession which succeeds in including both its forms is preferable to one which is forced to reject one of them as improper End of section twenty.